Hi, welcome to Obscure Broadcasting's new podcast, Small Brains, Big Picks, where we talk about society through sports and sports through society. Absolutely, yeah. We're uh, Again, we got small brains, but we're doing our best to take those issues and look at it in the big picture mentality. Um, I'm Evan. I'm an educator, a former mediocre high school athlete, and this big guy's brother. And I'm this big guy's brother, Andrew. I'm a filmmaker and a mediocre high school musician. So we're going to get right into it. Our first segment is called... It's called Starting Nine. Uh, we're getting that, that starting lineup, get you off uh, real quick. We're going to just blast through a whole bunch of topics and kind of react to it, taking turns back and forth. Um, so starting off, uh, Andrew, much like a fine espresso, Yankee Stadium this year has been serving beer with a printed image of players like Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge's face on it. You there for it? No way, no way, no way. Because that's presumptuous, right? I guess they're probably charging extra, though. So I guess I'm with it because if you're a Yankees fan, you need all the help and support you get because you're looking at the bottom of the glass and you're looking at Aaron Judge strikeouts. Amen. Speaking of Aaron, uh, Aaron Sanchez, pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, who's been out since June 21st, just came out and said that the reason for his injury is that he pinched his finger in a suitcase. Thoughts? Uh, this is 2018. 2018's the year of the luggage claiming player injuries. Salvatore Perez earlier in the season got an injury from lifting his luggage off of a carousel. It's a tragedy. You gotta Amen, look out sir. for that. You gotta look out for your luggage. Always buy nice luggage. These things come in threes. Um, so look be out. careful. Um, so a couple weeks ago, Madden came out uh, with uh, their version of their NFL video game, and in the Big Sean song that mentions the gentleman's name, they bleeped out Colin Kaepernick's name kind of as if it were a swear word. Thoughts? Bogus, and uh, it's just another nail in the coffin of anything NFL-related. Yeah, we'll get to that. I mean, if I see another person in a Lions jersey, I might throw up. It's such an ugly color. Amen. Uh, last, last one for you. Kobe Bryant turns 40 today. I know. He's 39 plus the middle finger, according to the t-shirt he, t- t-shirt he wore today. Also, do you see what the Pistons tweeted at him? I did not. It was a picture of like him getting blocked in the finals a number of years ago. All so, right. Well, Troll City. Let's get over it. It's Acad- been 14 years. Academy Award winner. Kobe Bryant. All right. Okay, here's mine for you, Evan. You ready? 20 years ago, the summer of 1998, Titanic was the number one movie everywhere. Hot take. Was there room for Jack on the on the raft? Um, I mean, it's all gone just downhill. It's been sinking since then. Uh, there was absolutely room for Jack and many more on the raft. Uh, so David Price has been, since the All-Star rank, he's 4-0 and with a 1.09 ERA. Is this a return to form for David Price? I heard someone say the other day that he's actually recently been the best pitcher on the Red Sox roster. I don't believe a second of it till he does it in the month of October. Um, so I saw a, a tweet today that pumpkin beer is being sold in Walmarts in New England. Is pumpkin beer in August too early? If I can buy an assault rifle in Walmart, I need to be able to buy beer to go with it. Um, and there's no month for that. Okay. And Equisapiens. <laughs> Equisapiens is coming to theaters near you. No, for real, Equisapiens are the future of the NFL. Yeah, I think if if Equisapiens were in the NFL, would they have a no nudity policy? <laughs> for obvious reasons. Uh, go see Sorry to Bother You. Go see Sorry to Bother You. It's a great movie. Equisapiens for life. Um, for our last one... Uh, we neglected to introduce her, but going to our, our lovely producer, Teresa, um, hit us with that last one, and we'll both give you a quick reaction. All right, so mine is, Brockholt's son is the cutest kid on Instagram. 
Indeed. He's, he's legend status. He's often in a diaper and cowboy boots. I would argue that Brock Holt is the cutest kid on Instagram, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> I agree. Brock, Brock Holt, number one. Brock Holt's son, number three. Yeah. Uh, so our main story is uh, this week is Shut Up and Dribble. Um, where we have talked about players taking a stance on social issues, very famously Colin Kaepernick, but uh, LeBron James and others. Uh, Evan, do you want to lead us in here? Yeah. Um, so we named this Shut Up and Dribble, obviously an ode to um, she who will not be named um, from Fox News, who told LeBron when he uh, began speaking about his activism to just go ahead and shut up and dribble. Um, so we... Actually, a lot of the reason we started this podcast was in me and Andrew's conversations about this topic and what we just thought about activism and sports in general. Um, and it got us thinking about small brains and big picks um, and kind of led to why we're sitting here today. Um, I, I think, first of all, I think it's amazing um, what LeBron is doing. I think it's incredible what Colin Kaepernick has done, not just um, in his activism, but the way he's sacrificed his career which is a, a great question about it. And I think that kind of leads to the question, you know, LeBron is able to be at the top of his sport having been an activist. Uh, for Kaepernick, that actually has meant sacrificing his entire athletic career. Um, so the question I, I'd have is, it's awesome. I think we both agree it's awesome if someone is for willing sure. to be an activist, but should it be a responsibility? I, I think so. I think, uh, I think that athletes have a responsibility especially athletes now get get paid so much money um where not as the part the reference i'm referencing is like early baseball players that would need like a job a summer job or something Mm -hmm. or a winter job when they you know in the mill but athletes make so much money and they have kind of a responsibility to be good role models for their society and for their for their communities that they come from so if you're from toledo ohio and you make it big in you know hockey I always think that if you can give back at all, you should. Plus, it's I don't know why you wouldn't. You have more than enough money than what you need. Why wouldn't you try to give back? And also, 100%. it gives it gives you le- legend status in your own community. So I don't see, like, the, there seems like no no risk. You know, it's all reward. Sure. Well, we, t- we talk about, um, you know, legend status that it gets some people. Um, but, you know, there's always a flip side to that. We look at the big picture. Um, you see athletes whose fan bases are in the Midwest and in the South and are largely super conservative white people. Um, They see uh, a young black man taking a stand on um, police brutality, to give an obvious uh, example. Um, And there is that risk there, and that risk is is pretty apparent. Um, It's it's unbelievable positivity as someone who, who works with kids every day. It's like you, you want people looking up to those guys, and you see educators constantly referencing Kaepernick, referencing LeBron, um, and I think that is is powerful to have those role models. But uh, the thing I would say, right, um, kind of the devil's advocate argument, whether I actually believe this or not, is would you ask a CEO of a paper company uh, to be an activist? Uh, he's making the same amount of money. He doesn't have the same profile, but... I mean, um, the, the profile is definitely part of it, but are we do do we not expect our CEOs of of small local companies like well, for example, let's say, let's say Dunder Mifflin, right, makes twenty million dollars a year in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Are we saying that we don't expect them to give back to their community to like do something to do outreach with at risk youth or 
to donate paper to schools that, that can't afford it? Are we saying that we don't expect that of our wealthy? Because I think that in most communities, the, the wealthy top, even like 10%, are expected to give back our community. You know, there's a certain, you know, families in, our, in the community that we grew up in, a small community, and they're all expected, you know, to give back, like the RK Miles, Miles family, the other families in the town that we grew up in are expected to be um, kind of, oh, something needs to happen in our community. There's not enough money for it. I mean, we live in a pretty wealthy community in general, uh, but it's expected, I think, across the board. It doesn't, and if you have the profile and you have the stage, I mean, I expect to. Yeah, um, I, yeah. taking that, that last word, I think there's a conversation we could have a lot more of and extend and maybe bring back on another episode. But um, I just want to kind of leave it with that, that difference, that contrast between philanthropy and activism. Um, we want people to speak out recognizing that athletes don't all have good perspectives. The athletes who want to talk about flat earth, um, maybe they should speak out. It starts a great conversation, which I think is really interesting. Um, there's athletes with foundations that do nothing. There's athletes starting amazing schools either way. Agreed. So we move on to our next segment here. Um, I think that we will definitely in the future come bring this, bring some like kind of, uh, you know, old timers day where we bring old segments back and this is one that we could probably talk about for like an hour right and i mean this is a theme that'll touch throughout and you and i will be talking about this when the when the recorder goes off you know what i mean right so but our next segment is our tool belt segment so what's that tool belt segment evan would you please for the love of god and your own body hold the hammering cool yeah today um i i i regret to announce uh that we will be retiring a an entity from from the world just from dialogue in general and certainly from this podcast um we all know that there are some things that we just don't need to talk about anymore you know uh i i think we don't we don't call things groovy anymore and in the same light uh there are some organizations that we just don't need to give the time of day um andrew who who are we retiring today i regret to announce that we are retiring the NFL from all future conversation. The NFL. NFL. Uh, sayonara. Happy trails. Happy it, trails. It was good working with you. Two sentences on the NFL. Uh, the NFL is an organization that continues to show time after time that they profit from a majority black male population um, in terms of their athletes, but they silence anyone who's willing to speak up for their rights. Um, and that the profiteering goes towards really what is, what is white supremacy in the United States of America. So we're not going to make ourselves a part of it. Am I right? You're right. Beautiful. Um, my, my last word on the NFL is sayonara. Uh, see you later. Predatory contracts for, for primary African Americans with white owners for a sport that is literally killing people is not okay in our books and has no place in our podcast. So congratulations, NFL. We regret to announce you are retired from conversation Word forever. I regret to announce this is the end. Yeah, and so moving on to our, our second main, our second largest story, our last story of the day. Um, what we're going to be talking about uh, today is uh, kind of stepping away as much from the social activism perspective, but talking about something that I think affects us more than we think about um, is this idea of sports dynasties and are they good or are they bad? Whatever that means to each of us. So go ahead, Andrew. What, what do you think? Well, uh, so sport dynasties to me, I think uh, as a somewhat more 
I'm not completely a fringe basketball fan, um, not as much as I'm a fringe football fan, but my main experience is with baseball. So I notice every year that the Golden State Warriors have been playing in, what, four straight championships now? Sure. Um, So I noticed that as like, okay, the Golden State Warriors are the best team in basketball. Um, My experience is in baseball, and baseball is a little bit more blurred but this season in particular, there's been a idea that the best talent in baseball has yet to come is is still in the minor leagues, is still playing high school baseball, college baseball. So we're going to see at a historic pace a number of teams are going to lose a hundred games. The Royals, the Orioles, um, the Padres are probably gonna, they're all going to lose a hundred games, and it's these forced moves to to non compete. Whereas on the other side of the coin, team the Red Sox, uh, as of the recording of this, had just won their ninetieth game. And that's hey, uh, Rick, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but um, so the Red Sox are the best team in baseball. How we feel about the New York Yankees? Fuck the Yankees. Amen. Uh, continue. Uh, so I just I think that in some f- respects it's great for sports. It's great for the Red Sox fans. It's great for the Golden State Warriors fans. But the Red Sox aren't in a dynasty. I mean, they've made the playoffs three years straight. But is it good for basketball where teams like, um, teams like the Padres, teams like the um, Orioles, is it good for their fan base to be so atrociously bad? So so what we have to ask, I think, is is what is good, right? And uh, we're always going to make an effort on this podcast to, to look at things through multiple lenses and multiple perspectives because we know what our perspectives are, but it's important to look at the others, right? Um, and so what does good mean? Does good mean sales? Because I, I promise you the Red Sox are selling a lot of tickets right now. The Padres might not be. Um uh, is it is it good for the sport in terms of like the the future of the sport to have dynasties and and at the end of the day is it is it good for for fans because you know athletes are one thing we're fans where we didn't make it to the league um, so for us do we like to see a sport with a dynasty even if it's not ours uh, I think that I I mean. Obviously, the Red Sox have an ownership mentality that makes them compete. You and I also grew up as Montreal Expos fans. Montreal Expos never competed in our entire lifetime. And Boston Celtics fans before KG, before Ray Allen, before they won anything, any type of shit. They were, when they were losing 18 straight and Yuri Welsh was starting. Right, yeah. I mean, I think that it's it's better for better for the sport if you have a more diverse group. I mean, remember a few years ago when the Pirates were like at the pinnacle, and that meant maybe winning the division, definitely playing that wild card game. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. mean, 2013, the Pirates were the team to watch, and everyone. I mean, the Red Sox won that World Series, and I'm not going to complain about that. I was ecstatic because I was rooting for them. But on the National League side, it was exciting. It's like the Pirates fans need to get theirs. They haven't had a winning team since the 70s. Let me, let me bounce back against that, though, um, because uh, as, a, as, as you and I, we paid a lot of attention to baseball. Sure, that's great. Um, you look back at the history books. You look back at the, the influence of baseball. Does anyone know about the 2012 Pirates 10 years from now? No, absolutely not. Probably not. Um, what we're talking about is we're talking about the 60s Celtics. We're talking about the Spurs and the Lakers of the early 2000s. We're talking about LeBron. And one thing I want to leave you with, and you can take the last word here, is we talked a lot about these team sports, and there's there's a bounce back, back and forth about whether that's good. My question is, when we're talking about individual sports, we're talking about Tiger Woods, we're talking about Serena Williams and people like that. In those sports where it's individuals, is that good for the sport? Is Serena Williams good for tennis? I think Serena is good for tennis. And I think that the individual sports are not dynasties. I think that is because on a single playing field, you can have a dominate. 
fascinating sport. I mean, LeBron James is a perfect example. If basketball was a one-on-one sport, he would be the Tiger Woods. He would be the number one guy to ever play the sport, just like Serena Williams is for ten- for female tennis. Or all of tennis. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. We have some bold predictions, predictions that uh, we'll either make good on next week or next month or next time we record or uh, uh, two months from now. And so all three of us have one. Uh, Evan, what's your bold prediction? Yeah, um, so maybe this is a skimping on bold, but it's our first podcast, and I, I got to let it be known what I really have on my mind. My prediction is the Red Sox will win the the uh, MLB World Series this year in 2018, and no team will take them to seven games the entire time. They'll win in six games or less every series. I hope it doesn't take six games in the ALDS because then they lost. Um, <laughs> True. Uh my bold prediction is that we will make it to at least Christmas doing this on a regular basis. I think that uh, certainly a bold one. <laughs> it's a bold. This could be the first and last. <laughs> Teresa, what's yours? Mine is that Movie Pass subscription will be obsolete within the year. That that yeah, one that's, seems that's pretty easy. likely. That, that's um, yeah, fish in a barrel. So uh, Evan, we uh, we're gonna sign off here. And uh, what what are we talking about next time? Yeah, next time you gotta be here. Suit, tune in. What are you doing? Get off your couch and tune in. We're going to be talking about... Actually, you can sit on your couch and listen to this. That's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. We uh, demand a standing audience. Standing, these, huh? standing right next right. to your couch. <laughs> you got to be standing right next um, to your goddamn couch. But yeah, uh, word to my buddy Casey Stockton, who helped us out with some ideas for these, um, who I've been talking to about this. But uh, we're going to be uh, talking about social media history and... So those players who maybe have some racist tweets when they were 16, 17, do we hold that against them or do we say you were 16, we can't bring it up because it's a new day, it's social media. It's a new day. People are, are now in their early 20s and they were 12 or 11 when they got when Twitter started. And so do we really hold people responsible for things they tweeted when they were 11? Absolutely. We're going to dig in as well into uh, sports unions, um, players unions that is, and um, as we know, in workers' unions in the United States, there was just a big hit against them, getting a lot weaker. As we look at athletics in that same frame, kind of what's what are those dynamics between different sports? So uh, this has been Small Brain's Big Picks. Oh, and one thing uh, before we sign off, I, I almost forgot a topic. Are we talking about football next week? Uh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Amen. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead and sign us off, Andrew. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Uh, it's been a pleasure. So please smash that like button like that smash button also mm. make sure to subscribe yeah. to us on itunes podcast stitcher wherever you get your your podcast uh yeah. so this has been small brains big picks with for obscure broadcasting mm. i'm andrew alden yeah. i'm Evan this man all right thank you and uh ciao bye was i supposed to say something at the end did we plan something <laughs>